Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Frozen Four podcast, brought to you by NHL News Updates. I'm your host, Luke. I got my three guys with me, Josh, Steve, and Stack. The NHL season gets underway tonight as we are recording, so boom, it is here. The season has started, and we're going to give you some good insights on what we think is going to happen this season within these divisions. But before we get there, Steve, how are you doing today? Uh, Well... I got got home after a decently long day at work, not as long as it has been. Uh, got home, you know, had dinner the whole nine, and then it's like, all right, right before the show, let me clean the litter box. I pulled out so much shit out of that litter box, it could have been confused with a politician's mouth. God damn. <laughs> And then just to top it off, she threw up on the floor. So, yeah. Yeah, so I I have the cat in here with me, making sure she doesn't... Making sure she's okay. Because I'm very concerned about my stuff. (laughs) Anyways, Josh, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Um, Really long day. Uh, My Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays have become extremely long and I will get to that more in closing time because I don't want to bog us down in the beginning of the show with my stupid stories. But anyway, um, other than that, I'm pretty good. Just really tired and currently eating my dinner and it is eight 15 at night. So that's fun. Um, stack. How are you doing, buddy? A lot of the same, uh, same old, same old. Enjoyed the really, really long weekend, especially cause I took a day today for myself. Um, yeah, no, everything's going pretty well. Super hyped to listen and watch some hockey. I've been waiting so long to see what this team is, and I hope they really prove me wrong this season because I've been optimistic, but it's very cautious. So I'm looking forward to talking about them and talking about the other teams in the rest of the league today. Luke, how you doing? Uh, you know, I'm I'm living living the dream as I as I like to say. And uh, I had to go into work again on my day off. It's great. It's great. Happens a lot, in case you uh, you guys haven't noticed that. I know these three have noticed that. But I don't, like Josh said, I don't get bogged down on my bullshit. We're here to talk some hockey as the season is underway right now. So I think we're going to jump on over to Stack. I'm going to let him talk about what's going on with the Atlantic Division and how he thinks that's going to go out. And you know you'll hear our voice to interject, being Sabres fans as well. Yeah, so we we'll start from the bottom up in the Atlantic, make it a little interesting. Um, I'm also doing that because I think it's obvious to you guys who number eight's going to be. I have Buffalo number eight for obvious reasons, losing key players in uh, Sam Reinhardt and Linus Allmark. Um as evidenced by the preseason, their goalie um, carousel isn't where it should be. Ukopakalukanen, uh, their once-prized star goaltender, is not where he should be at this stage in his development. They have Craig Anderson and Dustin Tokarski. Those were once upon a time um, Canadian team playoff legends, but now they are Buffalo scraps. I uh, have Buffalo 8. And that, yeah, so yeah. as far as Buffalo goes, I mean, I understand why they're last 
it's pain for Shane is the theme of this season. But I want to point out, because I've seen it all over the place, this team is not nearly as bad as they were in 2014-15. Everyone just pumped the brakes. Like, this isn't an intentional tank. They're just not good, and they're just letting their young guys figure it the fuck out. So let, let's stop saying this is the worst team to ever lace up in the salary cap era. No, they're clearly not. There's talent there. They're just young. So yeah, have we'll you see, seen Arizona's we'll see, roster? We'll see how it goes. Yeah, they're starting goaltenders blind. So we'll we'll see how it goes. But yeah, Buffalo near the bottom. Saw that coming. Yeah, I have in the bottom of the division, but like you said, uh, this isn't the worst Buffalo team I've seen in my life. So that's why I have them at eight. Number seven, I have Detroit. Um, for my notes, I just have give the Yeiser plan another year or two. Uh, they got all the pieces. They got all the raw young talent. They just need some time to develop. Uh, um, Nedeljkovic, I, I can't pronounce his name. Alex, um, he's going to be good. Uh, but having a goalie is one part of the puzzle. They've got good defense coming up. More Cider's going to take a step, but their forward talent is, like I said, raw, young, and they need a little bit more time to prune. Um, going to go on to number six. I've got Ottawa. Ottawa's going to p- compete for number five, who I'll reveal next, but I have them at six, mostly because it's unclear as to when or if Brady Tuchuk is going to sign. Uh, but they also need someone in the similar vein to Buffalo. They need someone to fucking make saves for them. So I have Ottawa six for that reason. Number five, I've got Montreal. So like I just said, Ottawa's going to compete for number five with Montreal, mostly because they lost their captain for a year. Who knows when Carey Price is going to come back. Um, lack of offensive talent. It's not that they don't have talent on offense. It's that they don't have high-end talent on offense. Sure, they just gave Suzuki eight years by $7.875 million, but he's still young, and it seems like they want him to step right into the number one role, which is evidenced by you know playing a team in the Stanley Cup final with a clear number one center. I don't think he's ready yet. Um, they did get lucky, I know, whatever. They arguably, in the first round last year, played against Toronto, who had their number one A, or number one B, I should say, center, knocked out first game. Against Winnipeg in the next round, Shifley gets knocked out for the series. Vegas has never had any center depth. And then they play a team with two legitimate centers, and look what happens in the finals. So... I don't think Montreal's going to be anywhere near where they were last year. And in in their defense, Tampa makes everyone look like crap. Yes. Yeah. And for those um, unaware of the Carey Price situation, he's entered into the um, like mental health, whatever it is with the The NHL NHL player assistance program. Yes. Yeah. Not sure as of why. All the the, all the best. All the best to Carey, by the way. Yeah, it's the. NHL equivalent to the EAP programs that a lot of businesses have, employee assistance programs. I don't know about you guys, but Wegmans has it. Bon, uh, Bonadio has it. It's, uh, you know, it's supposed to help out. And, you know, kudos to Price for understanding he needed to get some help. And, 
Uh, if you have time, check out Elliot Friedman's podcast when they do, pre- they preview like kind of what we're doing now uh, and talks about, doesn't name them, but talks about people who DM'd him and was like, yeah, with price doing that, it's uh, really basically liberated them to also seek help. So uh, if you mm-hmm. do need help, Which get help. Good. Real quick here before we go on to the next team, uh, back to that Suzuki contract. I think that that deal is going to be an absolute bargain in like two or three years because Suzuki has 82 points in 127 NHL games and 23 playoff points in 32 playoff games. So, I mean, obviously he's played a lot more playoff games just because of the bubble and the playing round and things like that. But I just really think that Suzuki's going to be part of the a big, big part of the future here for Montreal. And they got to use that Cockney money somewhere. So I think this is really a smart move for the Canadians. And I think it's going to pay off in dividends in about two or three years. At a certain point, GM's got to bet on their players and go for it. A lot of people in the league are like, oh, well, he hasn't earned it yet. You don't want to be paying for paying somebody for what they have done. You want to pay them for what they're going to do. And this is hopefully what they're going to do there. And I say hopefully for them, I hope it blows up in their face. Not that I want Suzuki to fail. I just hate Montreal. Yeah. And speaking of hating Montreal, um, they're not going to make the playoffs in a real season, one that was either shortened by COVID or they got lucky in a play-in round. Um, Moving up to number four, I have Boston. Uh, I do have them making the playoffs at number four in the wild card, but losing Krejci is going to hurt. Um, on top of that, questions with goaltending and their forward depth, and I guess, honestly, defensive depth too. Um, I have them placed at number four for those reasons. Um, you know, it's like we've said for years, oh, Boston's going to take a step back, but those years we said that, they still had their core. Losing Krejci is losing one of the, I don't know, five players, six players in that core, but he's arguably the fourth biggest offensive piece behind the perfection line. Losing him is going to suck. I hate that name. They also still have Taylor Hall. Yeah, and Taylor Hall, yeah, but then Charlie Coyle is your second center. Can he do that? We're going to find out. Um, Defensive depth. I mean, can you name a Bruins defenseman besides Charlie McAvoy right now Brandon and Matt Grizzlick and Brandon Carlo? I, I can't name one besides those three guys. Um, and then, yeah. I, like I said, questions in goal. Um, yeah, they got Linus Allmark, and sure, he was good in Buffalo on a really bad team, but he's he proved to be a number one there when he – I mean, when anyone else really would not have been able to. But can he translate that to a better team is a big question mark. Um, aside from that, Swayman is nasty though. Look yeah. for him. Look for him to get a bunch of starts because Allmark, as we know, we love the guy, but he gets hurt a lot. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's why I got Boston in four. Um, their offensive depth. We're gonna see how it goes with them. Number three, I've got Florida. Um, I have them in the third Atlantic spot. Um, big additions are going to help fill out the roster where they needed it. Um, biggest among them, Sam Reinhart. Sorry. Uh, Sam Reinhart's going to put up a ton of points playing, 
I don't know if he's going to be on the first power play or whatever, but he's going to get top pairing, top pairing. He's going to get top six minutes. He's going to play a lot on the power play. He's a big utility guy. You throw him where you need him. That's a guy who's going to get a ton of points on it on a really good team. Um, where I am less optimistic with them is in goal. Um, like we've talked about on the show many times, Sergei Bobrovsky has a good year, then a bad year, but so far he's had two bad years in a row. Um, pretty much ever since signing that contract. So if he can't step it up, will Knight be able to Spencer Knight, their young goalie phenom of the future. So that's where my questions lie with them. I could put them in either third or fourth or maybe, maybe second. It all depends on goaltending. Second though, I do have the Leafs um, losing the Kev for two months and Matthews only for really this week does suck, but maybe more than losing Mikheyev hurts is losing Adam Brooks to Montreal on waivers. Um, not having Matthews isn't a huge thing. They've done it before. They've shown they can win without him. Um, do they want to? Obviously not because he needs to score a bunch of goals and he's going to when he comes back. But um, with his wrist, he just wasn't a hundred percent confident in playing with it. Obviously he's been practicing and all, but um, better safe than sorry. And the first couple games, I think it's Montreal, then Ottawa on a back-to-back, and then they play someone else on Saturday. I couldn't care to tell you who. But a uh, bunch of the roster pieces, uh, they got like three new wingers um, who can all play in the top six or right outside. Michael Bunting, Nick Ritchie, Andre Kasha. Um, and they still have all that great, great forward depth that they've had for couple years now. The only question mark is, can Timothy Liljegren take a step? Can the duo on in goal be steady? And uh, what is Rasmus Sandin? Uh, can he take a step and still be that fifth or sixth defenseman? Will he move up the lineup or will they have to make a trade for someone else on defense later in the season? Who knows? Number one, though, I do have the reigning champion Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, they're going to return to their full regular season world beater form with Nikita Kucherov coming back from injury and running it back with 90% of the same roster. This is going to be an easy division win for them. The only real question mark I have with them uh, is sort of offensive depth, but they're one of those teams like Pittsburgh, like Toronto, who can throw in anyone. And as long as they're playing with the top guys or around the top guys, they'll be fine. Um, the only real question I have is can Brian Elliott be a good or even decent backup to Vasilevsky? Um, other than that, I've got no real questions. And so to run back down the division, I've got Tampa in first, Toronto in second, Florida in third, and Boston in fourth. Those four making the playoffs. And the, fo- the four I have missing are Montreal at fifth, Ottawa sixth, Detroit 7th, and sadly for you guys, Buffalo, the Pit of Despair, in 8th. The only way I think Buffalo somehow comes in 7th in this division is if Detroit starts off really bad, especially missing Vrana. For the- I don't think Detroit's that good. I don't think being 7th is well, uh, well out of the realm of possibility. 
Yeah. And you got to think Ottawa's not that good. I know you're high, higher on them than most. We've had that argument out many a time, but they're not good. <laughs> Montreal also is bad. Without Price, with without Shea Weber, they are going to be bad. They will score some goals because of Caulfield and Suzuki, but they're not a good team. Just thinking about this now with how we're talking about this and how those three teams are going to be bad, it really hurts me because that shows, like, this could have been our window. Like, this could have been, like, if no. Eichel didn't get hurt, if Reinhardt didn't get traded, like, if, if other things went differently in, like, two, three years prior, this could be our window right now. Guys, Optimus Josh is back. We need to knock him down a peg. And with that, no, 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 no. if some butts were fruits and nuts, yes, what a Merry Christmas this would be. But part of being an optimist is thinking of the hypothetical what-ifs. I'm not saying that this is going to be our window right now, this year, as the team sits. I'm saying if other things didn't happen where Eichel hated the city, Reinhardt got, well, okay, he doesn't hate the city, he hates the team. Eichel got, hates the city, and Reinhardt got traded and all that. If that didn't happen, I think we would have a legitimate shot of making it to the playoffs this year. But Save it for the Marvel writers there, bud. Listen, maybe that's why I'm saying what if, but... <laughs> Yeah, lots that show is amazing, by the way. Lots of what-ifs. But with that, thank you, Steck, for that Atlantic Division preview. Obviously, the four of us would be keeping a close eye on that as our teams are in that division. Stacks actually has a chance to do something in that division, unlike mine, Josh, and Steve's. But moving on to the other division in the Eastern Conference, that is the Metro, and we're going to let Steve take over that. Steve, what you got for us for the Metro division? All right. For the Matt, I just went alphabetically here, so we'll start that way. Kind of just give you an overview of everyone's offseason, and then we'll have some quick thoughts. Uh, starting with Carolina, their big addition was getting Anderson from the Toronto Maple Leafs, signed him as a UFA goalie. But they also lost uh, Mrazek, who went to Toronto. So essentially a one-for-one -one trade. They lost uh, as I am, uh, since I also have trouble pronouncing his name, I'm just calling him the alphabet goalie, uh, Nedeljkovic. Or it is. Shit. You got it. You got it right. Nade okay. Nadelkovic. All right. He's still alphabet. Yeah. Uh, also lost Hayden Fleury in the expansion draft. And Dougie Hamilton, as we'll get to a little bit, signed within the division. Uh, oh, they also got Antti Ranta to be their backup. Oh, e and Ethan Bear from Edmonton. You know, some some depth pieces. The only big change is really in net, and we'll see how that goes. Uh, their off their outlook this year is to look to continue to grow with their young players like Aho, now Kakuniemi and Svechnikov, and to try and have those guys get a little more offensive punch and pray that their goaltending does not suck ass. Seth um, Jarvis also made the opening night lineup. Yep. He's a, what? 21 year old 19 or 19 or 20. So, he's, he's new. He's drafted. I believe last season. I, I forget if it was 2020 or 20 uh, or 2019. I believe he was 2020 draft. Um, and he made the lineup. He looks good. Yeah, he's a good player. Nice to nice offensive boost if it can work for him. Uh, also, they're a bunch of jerks, so screw them. Uh, moving on to Columbus. They were pretty active this offseason. 
they traded Cam Atkinson, longtime beloved player for them, for uh, Voracek. So we'll see how that goes as they try and regain their identity. Also, one of their big subtractions is they did not re-sign longtime coach John Tortorella, so they got new, someone new behind the bench. I forgot his name. You guys can look it up if you would so please. Brad Larson. Thank you. Brad Larson no behind idea. the bench. I heard he's kind of like Tortorella light, so don't expect a huge change for them. Also, uh, first-round pick this year, 12th overall, Cole Sillinger has made the opening night lineup. We'll see if they decide to hang on to him or send him back to juniors afterwards. But the whole time... Oh, and they also traded Seth Jones in a minor trade with Chicago. Their, their big outlook this year is to try and grind teams down, make them play a boring style, and just try and... Get some wins here. They really need some improvements from guys like Max Domi, Patrick Line, and uh, they, they got this young guy, Texier, who Luke knows a little bit about. Yeah, no, Alex Texier is going to be a big um, storyline for this Columbus team, in my opinion. He's 22 years old, has a lot of potential, has shown it intermittently the past two seasons, and he really needs to show this year that he can be a top six forward and can be more than just flashes of good talent and can actually have consistent talent, which I think he can do. But it's a weak Columbus team, so we'll have to wait and see. Yep, uh, and they just named Boone Jenner as their captain. So a little bit of changing of the guard since Nick Felino is in Boston. All right, moving on to the Devils. They've been they've been kind of active. Uh, only big loss was Travis Zajac, who uh, retired this offseason. But they went big fish hunting and got Dougie Hamilton, the most... I don't know why he's so good, but no one seems to want him. But now he's got his big deal in New Jersey. I don't think he's going anywhere. They also picked up some depth with Thomas Tatar, Jonathan Bernier to back up Mackenzie Blackwood. And uh, a guy who, unfortunately, I model my breakaway game after in Jimothy VC, who hopefully won't whiff on more than five breakaways this season, but you never know. Their whole season basically rests on the shoulders of Blackwood, Jack Hughes' development, and Nico Heischer's health. Anything to add, gentlemen? No, Devils I think he's are going to devil. I don't like them. I think with the continued exposure from Lindy Ruff, though, I think it's going to be good for these young kids. Um, I mean, Mercer's coming in. I think, I think Holtz was almost there, but he's not quite ready. Um, but I mean, I think definitely in this in a couple of years, this team's going to be a force to be reckoned with if they can find themselves, you know, a real solid goalie. Not to say Blackwood's not that good, but he's. He's not the guy for I this think, team. I think he's the backup and, for this team. I think I know. I think him and Bernier are solid one A one B. I think Blackwood can easily be the the quote unquote the guy there. Um, but it is interesting to see Mercer make the lineup and Holtz not make the lineup. Yep. So moving on to the New York Islanders, they uh, they looked at their team and they're just like, hey. 
why don't we try and get the oldest average age in the entire league? So they went out and picked up a couple of fossils. Zach Parise and Zidane Chara, the 44-year-old Tower of Wonder. And the wonder is, how does he move his feet? Because he doesn't go very far, very fast anymore. Uh, they also lost Jordan Eberle, one of their top six forwards, to Seattle in the expansion draft. But Islanders, there's nothing new here. It's the same old crap. It's all about the coaching of Barry Trotz, which is significantly better than most other teams coaching. Uh, their defense has to hold up for their goaltending tandem of Varlamov and some Russian I am blanking on. And Barzlan. Thank you. I'm sorry. There's just so many names. He's Worth he's it. he's gotta be he's he's gotta do something. I don't think Varlamov's gonna stay as good as he has been. Varlamov is getting to the point where his, his the age curve is gonna knock his athleticism, which has always been his strength. So if he loses half a step, he's not gonna be able to hold it together because the rest of his game is kind of weakish. Yeah. All right, on to the New York Rangers. They are still living in the past. And they proved it this offseason with Chris Drury adding some grit and jam to the lineup to stand up to the likes of Tom Wilson. They picked up Ryan Reeves, Barkley Goudreau, and then traded Buchnevich over to, to St. Louis for Sammy Blyes. Uh, I can't say his name. Uh, also big for them. They just signed Zibanejad to an eight year deal at eight and a half million dollars per. So they think, uh, they might be out of the Eichel sweepstakes. Not that they were ever remotely. They were literally never in it. Allegedly they were in it, but they're coveted. They're coveted. Half their team was untouchable. Their coveted prospect. Vitaly Kravstov is now asked is now like, allowed to ask for trades so maybe he could be that centerpiece of the eichel trade finally it's hard i I was i was hanging on drury's every word about kratzoff being part of the deal you know before i thought you know they could just get me with like a late first round pick and he oh wait no schneider was schneider was one of the 10 15 untouchables they had bite me ranger fans uh but yeah, they really, their season hinges on goaltending. They have Adam Fox, who I don't think will repeat his Norris caliber season, but he's still going to be a really good player. But everything comes down to Shesterkin and that. If he's not, if he's not good, they're going to sink fast in this deep met division. Oh gosh. Now we have the Philadelphia Flyers who for some godforsaken reason, pulled the trigger on Erasmus Ristolainen trade. Uh, best of luck to him, but I've, I've seen him play. I've seen him run into the boards for no reason, and it will never not be funny. Uh, they also picked up Ryan Ellis, Cam Atkinson, and Keith Yandel in trades and free agency stuff. And part of that was getting shipping out Nolan Patrick, the former second overall pick in 2017, ended up in Vegas and also Voracek longtime top scorer for them. Their season hinges on Carter. If Carter Hart's rookie season was the aberration or last year's disaster zone was the aberration. 
So which Carter Hart are they going to get? And is their youth movement going to supplement their aging forwards? So we're looking at Joel Farabee, Travis Konechny, Scott Lawson, and Oscar Lindbaum to pick up the slack as Giroux has entered the twilight of his career. Any parting words for our dear beloved Risto? It's it's funny because Flyers fans are already realizing that Risto's bad. And we're just sitting here like, we've been telling everybody this. Thanks for Rosen. Yes. Big thanks for Rosen. Uh, he's going to be good. Yeah. Rosen, a second round pick and left-handed Risto in Robert Hag. First at 14th overall. No, left-handed Risto is Shane Gostas Bear of Arizona fame. Robert Haig is left-handed, but not as tall and not nearly as good. Well, if you put their uh, fancy stat charts next to each other, they're identical. Really? I, I thought his and, uh, and Gostas Bears were pretty close, but I believe Pro- it. Probably. I mean, what's bad is bad. Oh, on to the Pittsburgh Penguins, who actually opened their season up tonight. We'll uh, talk about that a little later. They didn't do anything. They really didn't do anything of significance. Uh, What they have to do is pray that they're not out of it by the time that Crosby and Malkin get back. Crosby's back skating, but we don't know when he's getting back. And Malkin is out for a couple of months. So they need one of them or else their season's going to be short-lived. And to wrap up this division, Washington Capitals. What they need is to find a time machine and get all their players to be two to three years younger. For the exception of Anthony Mantha and John Carlson, everyone is getting past their prime here. And I think this is the season where Washington becomes not a bad team, but not a playoff team. And they're probably around fake 500. I think they still make the playoffs because I think, weirdly enough, a one-two punch of Simpsonov and Vanacek is actually going to work for them, especially with John Carlson still being their number one defender. John Carlson's great, don't get me wrong, but Kuznetsov is terrible. He needs to go, and they're looking to get rid of him very off-radar. So that's their second second center and their top center uh backstrom is what 34 years old he's old these guys are getting yes, old and tj oshi's on... like the one of the younger guys in their court he's 31 yeah and backstrom's old. currently i believe nursing some injury and he's not going to be playing to start the season it may not be this year but if not this year, it's going to be next year. The entire existence of the Washington Capitals is to get OV the scoring record. Which will and could most likely still happen, and I think it will happen. I would love that storyline. Honestly, you can sell that to your fans. Hey, we're bad, but OV's 10 goals away, so like you're going to want to be here for that. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. They're not going to be a bad team yeah but they're not going to be the team we've been expecting out of washington for the last 15 years yeah exactly 15 12 years yeah get a little ahead of myself they're pretty bad uh ov's rookie year 
before we jump over to Josh for the Central Division, real quick, who we, who's who's at the top and who's at the bottom? So for playoff teams, looking at these guys, I'm going with the Islanders, going with uh, oh uh, Carolina. Those are definitely the best two in this division. And I think Philly's going to put it together. I think last year Carter Hart uh, got his actual welcome to the welcome to the effing show moment. But I, I everything I've seen, Joel Farabee looks like he's tearing it up right out of the gate. And Travis Konechny is due for a better season than last year. There were so many things that went wrong. Everything that could go wrong did go wrong yeah. at an almost Sabres level that they can't be that bad again. They have too much talent and a lot of young guys who are just coming into their prime. Definitely. I think, I think, uh, I think Pittsburgh falls out of the playoffs this year. I think so too. With those, with those injuries, Jeff Carter's their first, first line center right now. Evan Rodriguez is a second line center right now. Just put that out there for you guys. Um, I hate to interject, Two nothing Penguins against the Lightning right now. Uh, five minutes into the second period, they always it's, do it's well game, in their first game. game. One. True, I know, but if they're scoring, um, they're scoring on Vasilevsky this early like that. I don't, I don't know no, if they're going to miss, but yeah. I think they'll be one of the low seeds. That's just my opinion. But, I think, uh, I think it's, it's either it's between Pittsburgh and Columbus for me for that uh, that last playoff spot. If we assume four from the Atlantic, four from the Met. That I think that's kind of where it falls. But I don't I don't see Columbus making it there. I think the Rangers, while good, I think they're about to have the identity crisis the Sabres had in the early 2010s where Lucic, douchebag, ran Ryan Miller. They tried to get more grit, lost too much skill, and became terrible for the next 12 years. Definitely a possibility, but... With that, we're going to jump on over to Josh and the Central Division to see what's happening there this season as, I mean, Colorado hopes to stay atop the division, but who knows? Yeah, so I got to qu- give a quick shout out to Luke. He put the got my basic information for me here as I was getting out of work pretty late, so gathered the quick little tidbits of information for me so thanks buddy um and he put the teams in a pretty good order too actually i only changed a couple teams around so like stack i'm gonna read um from eighth to first so as we all know we talked about it a little bit earlier the coyotes they just look god awful i mean they're worse than the sabers i think on paper at least um they're just is their goalie yeah carter hutton is their goalie that's all you have to say phil castle wants out clayton keller is your best player who's not even really that good Connor Garland and Oliver Ackman Larson are both gone. So I think really the only big thing I have for them that would give me any bright spot towards a future, not necessarily, not anything this, this year, they have three first round picks in this coming draft after not having any, because they're stupid and they had lost all of them because they got forfeited. Um, and they have five second round picks in this coming draft. And then one in each of the remaining rounds minus the seventh round. So they're pretty stacked at the top of the draft. I already the only, see some, the, some hands the only thing, <laughs> in my opinion, that they got going for them is that they brought back the Kachina jersey and the Kachina logo as their main logo, and it's probably my favorite jersey and logo of all time. So 
Yeah. That's about all they got going for that. I'm a, I'm about to accounting nerd out a bit, but I want to see Carter uh, Hutton's tax return to see if he filed for the special exemption for blind people. <laughs> you get extra on your standard deduction. What can I say? Uh, okay. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Noted. Another big subtraction. Um, Car- uh, Christian Dvorak was traded to the Canadians, but that was one of the ones that gave them their first round pick. Has a few, condi- few conditions on it. Um, which are really complicated, and I don't want to get into that right now because it hurts my eyes to read. Um, the other trade, which we'll, we'll I'll talk about later when I get to a further team, is that they traded Darcy Kemper to the Colorado Avalanche and in return received the Avalanche first-round pick, which will most likely be in the low 30s, um, and a conditional third-round pick, and Connor Timmins, who is a very good defensive prospect, um, I think, or no, is he, is he defense? He's defense, right? Yeah, he's defenseman. So I think, you know, Colorado kind of did that probably to, you know, a get their goalie situation in a better spot and B clear up a little bit of the log jam at, um, defense because I mean, you look, Kale McCarr is astounding. And then you also have Bowen Byram coming up who looks just like Kale McCarr and Connor Timmins who looked just like Bowen Byram. So it was a good move by both teams, I think, there. But like I said, Arizona, not going to be good this year. Just not at all. Uh, moving up, the Stars I have at seventh because they're just a very questionable team. They're, they're, they should just change their logo to a question mark. It just doesn't <laughs> It just doesn't they're look bad. like a good hockey team on paper or on the ice. They're bad. Um, yeah, I told, they, I told you they were bad. They yeah. had that. They had the run to the cop. Car- uh, uh, Montreal is about to hit it too. You have yeah. a cup run. You didn't deserve to be there. They're going down in flames. Right. And I mean, Ben Bishop, you're, like the flames. You're, <laughs> Ben Bishop, your star goaltender or you, what you wanted to be your star goaltender is still injured. Your goalies are Anton Kudobin, who did not look like himself at all last season. And Braden Holtby, who went to Vancouver for a fresh start and just utterly failed. And then Jake Ottinger, who looks promising, but you don't know what you're going to get with him. I mean, sure, you could say, oh, they got Miro Heiskanen and Essa Lindell and John Klingberg. But, I mean, you have an aging Tyler Sagan, an aging Jamie Benn, um, a way overpaid Joe Pavelski. It's well, just, it's funny because you, look... you named three defensemen first, too. Right. You named and that's, no offensive yeah. people. Right. I mean, the only good, I think, offensive hope they have in the next coming few years is Rupe Hints if they can keep him around, Ty Delandria maybe, and Jason Robertson on the team right now, I should say, because they do have a couple um prospects coming up. Um, but I just don't I this team just doesn't look very good this year. I honestly I don't know if I would go as far to say if they could do a a Buffalo with um uh who was in seventh in stacks. Uh, was it all? No, Detroit. Detroit. I don't know if they could, I don't know if they could overtake. I don't know if Arizona could overtake Dallas for seventh, but Arizona will overtake no team this year. You never know. I, 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 you're right, but still it's a sport. It's not predictable. Um, next up I have in fifth or in sixth. I'm sorry. I got a little ahead of myself. The Nashville predators. I wanted to put them at five, but they just don't have anybody anymore. I mean, it, 
seems like everyone that was on this Nashville team that was good from like 2012 to 20 or maybe not 2012, but they were good around like that 2015, 16, 17 era. They're all just gone or they're past their prime. aged. Yeah. They, they, yeah. All, I mean, Matt Duchesne all is, those years though, all those years, even before you said like 14, 15, they were making the playoffs. Right. Right. But just losing in the first round or second round right. to like I mean, Detroit have, and all those other juggernauts. Yeah. I mean, you have, you say Saros and David Riddich as your goaltenders. I mean, Saros looks like he can be a pretty good goalie moving forward, but how long is that going to last? Because the team around him is not ready to be good. Like they are not, it, it Matt Duchesne is 30, Ryan Johansson's 29, but they're both declining rapidly. Forsberg doesn't look like himself. Mikhail Granlund, I mean, he's good, but he's not exactly what they need. Or he's he's not he he's good, but like the people around him also aren't good. Um, they do have a few, a little bit of promise. I mean, they have um, uh, Yaroslav Askarov coming up, and I think that's about it for right yeah. now. Zachary Zachary Larue. I mean, he might be okay, but he just got drafted this year, so who knows about him. But yeah, no, Preds just aren't going to be good. Um, next up, I have in fifth the Chicago Blackhawks. This this one could be, I don't know, like the fifth, sixth, and seventh for me can I think they can rotate. Um, but I mean, who knows how Mark Andre Fleury is going to do with the new team in Chicago? I think I I don't want to say it, but I feel like this might be his one of his last seasons. Um. Flurry's an ageless wonder. He's going to be fantastic. Taves it's, is back. Flurry is going to be on his game. They're going to the playoffs. Flurry has made the playoffs every single season that he's been a goaltender in the NHL. Yes, but look at the teams he was surrounded by. I mean, sure, Vegas. Mm. Is, the first year of Vegas is an exception because, I mean, no one expected that, but Flurry kind of pulled that team together for a few times. But, I mean, look at this. Look at this team. You have Patrick it's, Kane, who I mean, Patrick Kane's kind of an ageless one. It's not. It's not that bad of a team if you look at it. Let me let me get there. Let me get there. Jonathan Taves, who took an entire year off. I'm glad he's back. That that makes me happy. But you never know how he's going to be after a year off. I mean, sure, he was skating the whole time, but it's a year away from NHL hockey. It's going to be. I think it's going to affect him a little bit. I don't think it's going to affect him a lot, but I think it's still going to affect him. Seth Jones revenge tour. Seth Jones is overpaid to her. Well, no you, crap. You gotta, but you gotta think too. I, way overpaid. Like even what he's still on, I think, is too much. The five point four that they're still paying him for this year, I don't. I mean, that's the max I would pay him. Right, right there, right there is why it's a revenge tour. Because he he honestly, like I understand how his underlying numbers aren't great, but. He's he's good. A down think... season with a bad team does not a bad player make, and I... he he has shown to be an absolute beast when his game is on. And I think that team, it's the right time for one last gasp while Kane is still playing at an MVP level. You gotta you gotta add in Kirby Doc, Alex Brinkett, yeah. Brandon Hagel. <laughs> I just don't that want them Brandon Hagel. Are you kidding Dude, me? <laughs> Dominic Kubalik. Brandon Hagel made a name for himself in that middle six role, and I think he's going to take another step in that middle six role and continue to be that third line guy. He was playing with I, Kane last year and was doing phenomenal. 
I, I, I you're think falling I'm... for one of the classic blunders just because you follow a team and you know, in-depth knowledge on that team doesn't mean the death players are great. Jake McCabe is going to be paired with Seth Jones for parts of the season. I'm calling that, it that, now. That wasn't, that wasn't my argument. I know. My I'm argument just is that Brandon Hagel is a nothing burger. Can, can He's I... a decent fourth line guy. Yes, Josh, you can continue. Okay. Sorry, I love your guys. Clearly, found a jumping off point for future shows. The Brandon Hagel episode. Anyway, um, (laughs) but yeah, no, I mean, looking at this team more and more, I just don't want them to be good anymore. That's why I always put them lower in the rankings, just because I want them to be bad. I love Patty Kane because he's a Buffalo guy at heart. I love Jake McCabe. I want him to do good because he's put up with our bullshit for so long. But Chicago, just go away. You've been good for. 10 12 years now just go leave take it take your take your rebuild and go it's coming but maybe not this year again um up next at fourth now looking at the now looking at the hawks again these the blues are not going to be in fourth the blues are just (sighs) bennington just is bad he had one good year about or he he had half of a good year really like, if you think about it, he had a half of a year that was really good and a playoffs that was phenomenal. But I just, this is another team where it's like, I don't know. You, you, you can't you can't tell because the, it, there's so many question marks. Like, Vladimir Tarasenko, does he really want to be there? Is he going to play, like, ass because he doesn't want to play for this team? Is he fully healed? And, I mean, Ryan O'Reilly, I still think, is going to be good, unfortunately. Pavel Buznevich, is he going to fit in in... St. Louis, if he fits in, they're going to be a playoff contender, I think. I don't think he's the only difference maker, but I think he's one of them for sure. Um, and you look at their defense, I mean, Justin Falk, eh. Tory Krug, is, he was he was good last year for him, I will say that. Colton Pareko is getting much better. Um, well, not much better, but he's staying at the level he should be at. But other than that, I mean, your backup is Ville Huso. I just don't think... I think goalies, if, if Bennington's not on, the, this is not going to be a good team. Bennington is my fourth least play, uh, least favorite player in this league behind Brad Marchand, Milan Lucic, and Brad Marchand's nose. I was going to say Ryan O'Reilly, but number number three is a pretty bad... Number three is kind of an asshole. That, it's, that not, it's, it's not O'Reilly's fault that the Bagulas are short-sighted and... Jason Botterill's a moron. That's fair. You're right. You're right. Maybe I should take a little hate away from him. But but anyway, so yeah, St. Louis, I think, is another one of those toss-ups. So maybe, they'll, it, like I said, if, if a few of the key pieces like Buznevich and Tarasenko work out and Bennington, if they all work out, I think they'll be a playoff team. But I don't, I don't know. So next up in third, I have the Winnipeg Jets. Um, it all comes down to Hellebuck, like always, as Luke typed in here. I mean, Hellebuck is looking to be one of the starters for the U.S. in the Olympics this year. So if you have a starting Olympic goalie on your team, you better be a good hockey team. They still have uh, really... Ryan Miller. That's that's a fair point. But to be fair, when he was in the when he was on the Olympic team, that was at the end of when we were good. If you think about it, 2010. 2011 was our last playoff appearance. So if you think about it, we were still a playoff team when he was on the Olympics. Um, anyway, so back to Winnipeg. So 
I think this team is it, it's a very it's it's poised to be very. I don't want to say very good, but it's poised to be a third place team in their division. I think that Pierre-Luc Dubois might find his step this year. Um, you'll get a lot out of Nikolai Ehlers after that big, uh, the big year last year. And I mean, Brit Blake Wheeler, I think is going to start to fall off. Paul Stastny is not going to give you much. Um, Cole Perfetti. We'll have to see what he can do in his first year in the league. I think he's going to be very good for the team. I don't think they're rushing him. I think this is like the perfect time to bring him in. Um, Nate Schmidt coming in to play defense for the Jets. I think he'll be a good addition on the back end because their defense has been asked for the past like three or four years. And like I said before, Connor Hellebuck is going to be the guy. I mean, Eric Comrie is a decent backup, but Hellebuck's going to get like 70% of the games, if not 80% of the games. And if he's on, I think this team is for sure a playoff team. Coming in at number two, one of the biggest teams in the offseason, or well, the biggest uh, rumors in the offseason was the signing of Kirill Kaprizov with the Minnesota Wild. So Kirill Kaprizov finally signs at $9 million a year for five years. That is absurd. Um, almost took all summer to figure it out, but they finally got him signed, and he needs to keep being Kirill the Thrill and show that he's not a one-season wonder because if you put up 51 points in 55 games and then you only put up three points in seven games in the playoffs, you look like a one-season wonder. So he's really got to step up and show that he can be more than just a regular season scorer like <clears throat> Mitch Marner. Um, sorry, Stack. But anyway, <laughs> um, another. I mean, looking around at the rest of the team, they're getting a little older, much like the rest of this division. I feel like I'm a broken record at this point. I mean, Matt Zuccarello, not going to do too much for you anymore. Um, Jared Spurgeon's getting up there. But it, and the, the main glaring problem is their goaltending. Cam Talbot and Kapo Kakinen are their goaltenders. It looks like trading Devin Dubnik was a bad idea. I never thought I would say that. Um, I, I just... I don't know who they don't have anyone. They have Andrew Hammond. In don't the give AHL. Steven ideas about Devin Nick, please. <laughs> they do have um, Hunter Jones, who was a decent, decent looking goaltender. Um, one thing that they did do in the offseason that was completely unrelated to anything that's going to help out this year is they traded their first round pick and their third round pick in the draft for to jump up two spots to 20th to draft Jesper Wallstead. That was a brilliant move by Bill Guerin because he recognized, you know, hey, we don't have any goaltenders. And Jesper Wallstead was one of the best goalies in the draft. I think everyone kind of consensus, the consensus was he was the best goalie in the draft. So I think they're kind of trying to look forward to the future, but they're going to need a couple of goalies to get them to, um, to Wallstead before they really get anything significant you know, they're not going to have uh, – they're, they're going to waste away the years of Kirill Kaprizov pretty much is what I'm trying to say. Um, another two big subtractions was this loss of Zach Parise and Ryan Suter. They bought out both contracts. I mean, it's not really a big loss. I don't, I don't think they're huge losses at all. I think they it's not a huge that. loss on the ice. Suter, yeah, that's much more than Parise. The mm -hmm. big loss is their cap space because those cap penalties are brutal. Yeah. So this year, they're still paying each of them. Because remember, they signed the identical contracts on the same day. 
So this year they pay them 2.3. Next year, 6.3. Year after, 7.3. Year after that, 7.3. Then you're out of the woods for like 10 more years because they're paying they're paying 800,000. Yeah, Luke. Yeah, that's my Holy face exactly. Fuck. Yeah, they're paying a lot. So they really need to make or break in the next two years, really, because they're not going to be able to sign anybody. I mean, Victor Rask has a contract year next year. Kevin Fiala, Jordan Greenway, um, Nick Bukestad, uh, Nico Sturm, Alex Goligoski. I mean, well, he's not going to be around. So they're not going to have any cap space to do anything. Um, but yeah, moving on to number one, as you can all figure out the Colorado avalanche right now, Nathan McKinnon is on the COVID list that just came out today. He is asymptomatic and there's actually a chance he plays. I think it's Sunday is their second game. I I don't know. Um, there, there was a, a, a thought that he could play as long as he tests negative or something. I don't know. I don't know if he has COVID, how can he play? But if he's asymptomatic, I guess that's fine. But anyway, um, yeah, so Nathan McKinnon's out, but they're still the team to beat, I think. You know, Luke put in here, are they team, are they the team to beat without Grubauer? That was probably their biggest loss of the offseason. They almost lost Gabriel Landeskog, but they kept him around. But they did, like I said, add Darcy Kemper. And I think Darcy Kemper is going to come in here, and he's going to be on an actual good team. I think he's going to gel well with these guys. Jonas Johansson, Sabres legend, is their backup right now as of uh, October 12th at 9.07 p.m. Cap Friendly has him listed as their backup, but Pavel Fransuz is on the IR, so I'm assuming he will be the backup when he comes back. Um, other One thing, thing to keep an eye on them, for, uh, keep yeah, an eye but, on with Colorado is Bowen, the development of Bowen Byram. Yes. He was an absolute beast for Canada at the World Juniors. Thought he was going to have a game break, you know, thought he was going to be kind of a Kale McCarr figure coming in, but not too many guys are like Kale McCarr. So no. he had a good year, but not a great year. So one more year of development, a real, a real offseason and an actual training camp. And I, I think this guy is going to solidify himself as a top four defender in this league this year. Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, like you said, Kale McCarr is one of a kind. Speaking of Kale McCarr, signed a big $9 million deal. I believe it was in this offseason. Yeah, it was. Peanuts. Signed a huge $9 million deal. I mean, he's getting Kirill Kaprizov money as a defenseman. So I'm, that just showed you. I'm curious with how Newhook looks. That's who I'm curious about with that's, the Colorado yeah. team. That's another one I was going to get to with the forwards is Alex Newhook looks fantastic. And I think he's going to fit right in with that high-flying offense that they have. I mean, you're not going to break up that top line of McKinnon, Landeskog, and Rantanen. Still got Burakovsky, still got Kadri. I, I think you didn't – they didn't subtract really anybody, I don't think, except for Grubauer. So, And Kemper's just as good, if not better. Right. I think Kemper's going to be better. I think Grubauer is a little shaky. He's going to be good for Seattle, I think, but – I, I think know. Kemper is overrated, Loki. Um, I think Kemper is at the same level of, as a like Mackenzie Blackwood. Time out. This is the guy who, what, two years ago when we started this show was like the Sabers need to get Kemper. He's the best goalie on Arizona's roster. He's gonna he's gonna save us. He's gonna save us, guys. This because is the guy we had who, no one else. Yes, but you're all over Kemper. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just saying two that two weeks or two years ago. 
he's he I'm just saying he's at the same level as Mackenzie Blackwood, I think, at this point of his career. He's he's started to lose a step. You saw that in Arizona last year. Granted, yes, Arizona's a really you bad also team. Saw Arizona last year. Remember but, that? <laughs> but I mean I mean the guy the guy had a two fifty six and a nine oh seven in twenty seven starts. That's not great. But on that Arizona team, that is pretty good. Arizona was also better last year because they still had OEL and Connor Garland. Eh, how much better? Anyway, I've talked enough after not talking at all. So that's You're damn my, right. I'm sorry. That's my <laughs> central division, and we'll see how it goes. I'm probably going to be wrong on all of them because that's how it goes for me usually. But we'll find out. I'm, I'm sorry. That was mean, but it was also a layup. No, you're right. Yeah. I talked a lot, but I talked fast, so it's fine. Well, that being said, moving on to the final division, the other division in the Western Conference, that is the Pacific Division, or the specific division, if you can't speak English like me. And like Zach and Josh, I'm going bottom up. And unfortunately, as much as this team should not be at the bottom of this division, they're just not ready yet, and that's Anaheim. They have John Gibson. They have, in my opinion, a top five, a top three goaltender in the NHL. But he is overshadowed by a porous defense and too young of a roster offensively. They're just not ready to take that next step yet. They're bad. Yeah. To sum up, they're bad. Yes. Um. I am, however, very interested to see how Trevor Zegers does this year. Very excited. Steve, God bless you. <laughs> For those that can't see us because we are just talking to you, Steve just had a very big sneeze, and it was very extra. No. I am Moving never on. overdramatic, ever. Ever, ever, ever. Right. So moving you on, you can cut that from the show, please. <laughs> moving on to number seven seed in this Pacific Division, I see Calgary. Just I want, I not that I want them to be good. They should, they should be better than they are. They have a team around them. They have some talented players. They got Sean Monahan. They got Johnny Hockey. They got Matthew Kachuk. They got Jacob Markstrom and Net. I don't think Markstrom is a bad goaltender. I think he's a decent goaltender. They just can't put together especially now with the loss of their captain mark giordano going to seattle i calgary calgary is going to hit rebuild by the deadline if they are not anywhere near making the playoffs you're going to see a big change of scene in calgary no doubt something we'll be keeping an eye on this season is what they end up doing with matt kachuk because he doesn't want to be there anymore and they like like you said, they're in for a big rebuild and they gotta start shipping guys out. Their core that they built has flamed out and never done a damn thing. Steve, good pun. Uh, just you're you're welcome. You know, that that's why I'm here. Moving on, these this now four through six is probably gonna be moving a lot during the season, but come end of season. San Jose, I believe, is going to be in that sixth spot. They're looking young. They have some fun, hungry players coming up. Willie Eklund is going to be a big storyline this year for them. He made the open night roster. He looks very good throughout this preseason and throughout training camp. I, 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 
I'm excited to watch him. I wanted the Sabres to draft him at one. I did. I think Willie Eklund is going to be a difference maker in San Jose, and I think it's going to start to change the scene there. Especially with Evander Kane finally not being that he's... He's doing Evander Kane things. What, what lawsuit is he on? I, like, who knows at this point? Four, Literally. Four, sorry, not lawsuit. Investigation. I think he's yeah. on number four. I do believe it's number four. If he got three for a dollar and a buy, uh, get three, get one free for let's the not forget one. His, let's not forget the night on Chippewa. My God, just he he's he might be out of the NHL in the next two months. Please, who knows? But San Jose looks young, hungry, and Aiden Hill has looked pretty decent throughout training camp. Um, who knows? He, he might, you know, change stuff in San Jose. I don't think so, but it's going to be fun to watch. Moving on to number five, LA, I think is going to end up at five here. They have oodles of young talent. Um, you know, Alex Turcott is going to come up. Quentin Byfield's coming up. They, they have so much young talent, but defensively, they're still kind of weak and, Jonathan Quick is aging, and they just paid Cal Peterson $5 million for the next three years. Is he worth that? I don't think so. But obviously, LA thinks so, and we're going to see what happens and see if he is worth that. I don't think he is. I think he just – I don't know. I don't think Cal Peterson is that good. You want a hot take? LA is going to have a longer season than the Edmonton Oilers. I don't like that hot take, but I don't completely disagree with that hot take. I don't I, I don't think they'll be better than them in the regular season. I think they'll go further in the playoffs. If they make one the playoffs, round. yeah. By I think they're going to make the playoffs no problem. Look for See, Quentin Byfield for a big year. He he was a guy who one of the youngest guys in his draft. He's 6 foot 4, great center, put up oodles of points and yes i just used oodles the I only issue like is byfield byfield is out to start the season don't forget that byfield is out for the first like month of the season with an injury where were you like 30 seconds ago for me so i don't look like a dipshit i was getting there where were you on that one dipshit happy to more <laughs> but still gonna be a fun team to watch they're very young Lots of talent, but can they put it together and can it mesh? That's the real question that we're going to have to find out this season. And the reason I think it's going to be harder for them to make the playoffs is because at number four, I have Vancouver because they just have a little, they're just that, they're a young team, but they're just like the little bit older young team. So they've played in the NHL, most of them going on their second or third year instead of rookies or maybe second year. They know what they're doing. Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes signed their contracts. They're on the roster. They're going to be big parts of this team, especially with this, this division being as weak as it is. It's going to be huge that them and Thatcher Demko have good years. Because if they do, Vancouver will make the playoffs. No doubt in my mind, Vancouver make the playoffs. If Demko can prove that he is a starting goaltender in this league and Pedersen Hughes do Pedersen and Hughes things. Now, moving on. Vancouver sucks. Not, see, I don't think they do. They're bad. Here's my analysis. They're a bad team. 
I see. I I disagree with that, and we'll have to see how the season plays out. You're Moving welcome on. for the expert analysis. They're a bad team. <laughs> Moving on to number three in this division. You guys might not like this. Our fans listening might not like this. And I could even see this team being number two, depending on what all happens. But Seattle, I have a number three. Hot take, Grubauer solidifies himself as a top 15, top 10 goaltender in the NHL and helps carry the Seattle team. Yes, they just lost a bunch of people right now. They have a lot of people on the COVID list. But it's the beginning of the season. I don't care. They're a band of quote-unquote misfits. They have some solid depth. Mark Giordano is going to lead them to victory. And I think they make the playoffs, and they'll face Edmonton in the first round, and they will beat Edmonton in the first round. Mark Giordano's so old, his youth skates have been fossilized. Yeah, but he's still playing good hockey. He's, yeah, but he's not going to lead them to the promised land. Like, even he in a weaker lead division, he'll lead, he'll they're one of in... the reasons why they're one of the reasons why it's a weak division because they're not good. They have a few good players. They have decent goaltending. I don't know what Grubauer did to you to get you such a stand here, but my goodness, did he give you, like, free gear or something? I like my everyone God. He's an average goaltender. He's a slightly above average goaltender. No better than 14th best in the league at any given time. Still top 15, and that's all you need, especially when you have a decent goaltender because Dreiger being the second guy. But but in the last segment, Darcy Kemper, who's basically the same guy, you know, he's not good enough for a Colorado team that's significantly better in every as- aspect of the game including coaching, because you forgot Dave Haxtall flamed out in Philly with a very good Philly team. He was terrible and basically wasted Giroux's prime. Fair. Seattle's going to be bad. They're no, he, they will be no better than fifth in that division. No. Least the, the thing is, though, they have an identity. That is a team that's going to wear you down. They're not going to make it easy. And Haxtell was Toronto's defensive coach last year when they made a giant leap on defense. So, if anything, they have an identity. And I know you're going to go to Edmonton next. But, yeah, second through fourth or even fifth in this division is so hard to predict. It's, it's very hard to predict. And that's why this is where I have the predictions at, just because I think this is where it's going to end up come the end of the season. They're going to figure it out come the end of the year. Band of Misfits. No one thought Vegas was going to be as good as they were. Yes, they had Flurry, so that's different. That's a little bit different. But no one thought Vegas would be where they at. Who was William Carlson before Vegas? Nothing. Literally nothing. And look what he did in his first year in Vegas, and that helped them. Yanni Gord is a good player. Jaron McCann is a good player. Um, Jordan Eberle is a good player. They actually have a line, and they actually have depth, too. That's the big thing. They actually have a decent amount of depth for no reason. So I think Seattle takes third in this division. That's just my prediction. Y'all can think otherwise. That's okay with me. I have no issue with that. I just think Seattle's going to be I'm getting my stepladder ready so I can dunk on you by the end of the season. That's fine. We have until, uh, what, like April to figure that out? That's, we got some time for that. 
moving on, like I said, and like Stack said, yes, I have Edmonton next. McDavid and Drysdale obviously are just going to have a year. Um, Hyman getting added is actually going to be a bigger boost than a lot of people think. I know Stack has uh, mentioned it before. He, he's upset with Hyman leaving, obviously, but I think Hyman is going to be a very big boost for that Edmonton offense. But their defense and their goaltending is still a question mark, like always. They have not done much to really help that. So we'll have to see what happens. But coming in, number one, the obvious number one, the Vegas Golden Knights. They are going to run away with this division, no doubt in my mind. They are Stanley Cup contenders, as per usual. Petrangelo and Shea Theodore on the back end are going to be great. Robin Leonard is going to show that he is, yes, a bona fide number one goaltender in this league. And it's Vegas. They're, it's Vegas. They have to show their depth, but they're going to win this division, no doubt in my mind. Now, two years? Who knows? They're, they're going to fall off soon. Also, Al Tuck, I'm very excited to see what he can do this year, as per usual. Yeah, I mean, I think Vegas obviously is going to win this division, but it's going to be interesting to see how Fleury's departure affects the team and how that affects Robin Leonard. I know they're friends and whatever, but for the last five years of Robin Leonard's career, he's either been on a shit team or part of a good tandem. Yeah. We saw that in the island, and then he went to Chicago and they were shit, and then he went to Vegas and played on a good tandem. Was he the better goalie of either of those tandems during during the Islanders' years? Yeah. Vegas' years? I don't think so. So it'll be interesting to see if he can fully take up that mantle. I don't think any team is close, though, mostly because Edmonton, like, I read their lineups. They have McDavid and Drysaddle playing together and then Hyman on the second line. Like, one would think, yeah, exactly. One would think McDavid on one, Drysaddle on the other, Hyman with one of them, and Poyarvi with one of them, and then you throw in Nuge, Cassian, Yamamoto, someone else. Probably not Cassian, but someone with more skill. And then have a decent third line. Instead, they're stacking two. And also, the corpse of Duncan Keith and Cody Cece are going to be playing together. I I think Edmonton, if they don't finish second, they're going to finish sixth. It's going to yeah. be really insane to see how this division ends up. I think this is the most interesting one. Everyone, Everyone's like, oh, Vegas is going to run away. I think they do. But two through four... Two through five are going to be really interesting to see. Definitely, and that's why I'm excited to be really focusing on that as the season gets underway. Like we said, it starts tonight. Pittsburgh facing Tampa Bay right now as we speak. Stack, can you give us a quick update on that Pittsburgh-Tampa Bay game? I know it was 2 nothing earlier. Yep, still 2 nothing, heading into the third period. And like you said, the Kraken Knights game hasn't uh, has not started yet. So that is the ten o'clock game tonight. I'm very excited to see that one. I think it's gonna be very fun. It's gonna be very good. And I love the fact that they had the two expansion team expansion teams face each other to start out the season on ESPN. Yeah, it's great with with the new TV deal. These games are on ESPN, which is cool. Like this is fun. Like league, be a fun league. Do fun things. Let your teams have a weird Twitter battle 
like when Carolina offers sheeted uh, Cockney <laughs> get gave just, him the signing bonus equivalent to what, what was it? The what's his face's number? Aho. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. or uh, or or two years ago when the bubble was going on and they were in the uh, uh, what Tampa and uh, Columbus was in five overtimes and Carolina's just over there just going off on Twitter like, hey, can we play now? Yeah, right. It's fun. It's fun time. And with that, that is our breakdown, the Frozen Four podcast breakdown of how we think these divisions are going to play out this year. And we're running low on some time here, so we're going to jump right into some closing time. Steve, I know you got to get to hockey. So what you got for us for closing time? Uh, Not a lot. Uh, It's been a – October is a busy month. So last weekend, me and the female – went down to Pittsburgh for a wedding because it got delayed. It was supposed to be before COVID, then, you know, COVID hit and they moved to Arizona. So we had a quick little ceremony in Pittsburgh, but wrapped up in time for the Bills game to watch them absolutely trounce the Chiefs. So that was fantastic. So good weekend. Uh, I'll be in Fredtown this upcoming weekend for alumni weekend. Hope to see y'all there. And uh, weekend after that, I got my parents coming up. And then the weekend after that's Halloween. So it's October's a fun month. How about, uh, let's go to you, Stacko. Yeah, uh, I don't have a whole lot. Just a lot of the same. Looking forward to, honestly, it seems like now that I work, you know, a typical 9 to 5, really, it's like a 7 to 2.30, but whatever. I love the weekends so much and I appreciate the weekend more than I ever have because most of my working career, I've never had weekends off. Now I get it. <laughs> it's it's a game changer. I really, oh, yeah. What's that like? Save it. Anyways. Um, yeah, I'm really enjoying my weekends. Makes it better when the Bills absolutely stomp the Chiefs. Um, that was so great. I, I have never been more nervous or angry watching a Bills win, but I, I still had a good time watching that game. And, God, that was fun. But, yeah, the Bills are like my saving grace till the Leafs start picking it up. So, well, who knows? The way the Bills are playing, it might, it might stay that way all year. So, I mean, yeah, love we're, we're going to see football. them till February. So, I mean. Fucking hope so. Josh, how are you doing? I don't. I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> um, I'm just, like I said at the beginning of the show, I'm tired. Uh, I've been working two jobs now. Um, as you guys know, I said I started at WBEN. I got somewhat of a exciting thing last week. Didn't want to say too much about it because it wasn't like fully official yet. But if any of you listen to Shopin' the Bulldog on WGR, you've noticed that there's been someone messing up playing commercials and things like that as the producer. That would be me. Um, I've been produ- I've been getting trained to produce Shope and the Bulldog for the past week now because um, Joe DiBiase, Sneaky Joe, will be going to Nashville tomorrow. So tomorrow I take over by myself on Shope and the Bulldog um, tomorrow, Thursday, Friday, and then Monday and Tuesday. So that's fun. I'm scared. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I- I'm-, I'm feeling pretty confident. There's a lot of training that went into it, and – I've got a lot of reps in it now, so 
feeling pretty good about it. I'm really excited. Um, but it's been kicking my ass because it's a one to seven shift. And on days like today, tomorrow, and Thursday, I work at Best Buy from 7.30 in the morning till 11.30. So I get out of Best Buy, go over to my girlfriend's, really quickly eat lunch, go out to Buffalo, work one to seven, and then come home. And also do this, like I'm doing right now. Um, so that's fun. But other yeah, than con- that... Congratulations, buddy. And, oh, thank you. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think, I, you know, when you're out there doing your thing, I think you're going to be really great. As thank long you. as you don't fuck up. <laughs> yeah i'm scared um but no i know i'm just kidding i'm fine but no i just did the math and i so i was there on sunday the 10th and i'm gonna be there every day between then and the 19th for at least a little bit at, at, at uh, the radio station one of the one of the three stations i will be there every single day until the 19th and then the 20th or the 19th is when joe comes back so yeah but yeah no it's uh it's going great but other than that nothing else to report all i really got for closing time is my birthday is in a little over a week from us recording so it's exciting i'm getting old and it's weird so like like steve said October's a fun month. I completely agree. You know, I had a fun weekend this past weekend going out to uh, pick some apples with my girlfriend and two of her friends from school. So that was a fun time. Went to Becker Farms for the very first time and had a lot of fun. So there's that. And like I said, I got some big news coming. I mentioned it last week. I don't want to get into it yet. I haven't done a lot of work on it yet, but there's going to be big news coming for myself. Um, hopefully in the coming weeks, I, I got to get a start on it. Work's going to kick my ass as per usual because I'm going on my days off, but it's fine. Everything's fine because hockey is underway right now. As we speak, hockey is being played and it's the NHL regular season. So as I say every week, be safe, be smart, and go watch some hockey. And go Bills. Hey, look, my man.